0: Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the no-fluff actionable marketing podcast for marketers, marketing consultants, founders, and tech people who are just sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. In today's episode, you will learn how to grow your reach and profit with a high-converting marketing campaign. My guest today is the founder of Insurgent Publishing, he has helped more than 100 brands and businesses to grow their traffic, their leads, their sales, using his own launch methodology. In the last decade, he worked with companies like Teachable and Right Message, best-selling authors like Ash Moria, podcasters like John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. So as you can see, he knows a lot of people and has done some pretty good work. He's been involved in book launches, product launches, course launches, Kickstarter campaigns, you name it, he's done it. And before doing this, actually, he spent five years in active duty as a commission officer in the U.S. Army, deployed in Iraq. So he also has quite a life story to tell. Tom Marcus, welcome aboard.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. This is, is going to be a fun conversation.
0: It will be. So when we talk about marketing campaigns, i mentioned a few types of products. What type of products are you the most used to working with?
1: probably just by quantity and and number of campaigns we've done probably books and then maybe second to that would be digital like info products courses e-courses that kind of stuff and i would say like broadly speaking my expertise is in the kind of digital product realm so it would be like Ebooks, e-courses, software, productized services and things like that. That's usually where I kind of help clients and customers and and that's kind of where I I do most of my work.
0: All right, so I'd say for this episode what we're going to touch on would be digital products in particular. I think that fits very Mm. well with the audience. A lot of folks listening would sell software or would be interested in launching it for products or anything like this. So let's talk about companies trying to launch a new, let's say, digital product, right? Could be a massive like Kindle book or anything like that. Could be a SaaS. What do you see to be the biggest mistakes when it comes to trying to launch such product?
1: Well, I think the the biggest mistake that I've seen is that people come at it, especially if they're, Well, I think it's just with unrealistic expectations across the board. So like, and that, I would say that that is the common commonality across everything I've seen. So whether the people are just getting started and hoping to like, okay, I want to, I want to quit my job with, after this one launch, you know, somebody who's, who's starting a side hustle or something like that, or the person who's like really established and, you know, maybe doing millions in revenue already, but they want this campaign to bring in, you know, some significant sizable chunk of, of the revenue for the year. That's maybe just again, kind of it's a little bit too far reaching. So it's like kind of, uh, that's usually where the conversation begins, like how to kind of tamper those expectations a little bit and make them more realistic. Say so this is actually what could be achieved based on where you're starting. There's all sorts of case studies and examples. Yeah, I've even worked with people where we started from, and we've gotten surprisingly good results. But like those surprisingly good results are just that. They're surprisingly good. The, the average stuff we do still works, but it's like got to bring it back down to reality. Like, yes, I've done, you know, and we've done New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller campaigns, and we set a Kickstarter record with John Lee Dumas. But like these are... Are, these are outlier cases, and and so you could apply the same fundamentals to somebody else, and they may not have they might may not get the results. So I guess it just for me that when I see that in here or, or I, I'm, I'm connecting people, when working with people. The biggest mistake I think is just expectations. Is where are they, and are they realistic? Is this something we can hit?
0: And usually when you talk to those people and they say, okay, let's make two million dollars worth of sale when they haven't made ten thousand on their own, how do you gauge? The expectations. How do you say? Well, based on your situation, this is how much you can get. Like, what do you look at the most?
1: Uh, yeah, w- that's a great question. So I, I would look at what what are the assets they actually have. So this would be things like the, and the assets that matter, right? So social media doesn't matter. I'm sorry to for anybody's out there. Like social media doesn't matter at all. Why at least that? Twitter. Well, you know, with the conversion rates on these things are horrendous. So like, and, and everything's pay to play. So unless you have a massive platform and you're willing to spend money on ads, then I have very little time or attention to spend on social media. Like in terms of like trying to do an organic campaign through social media, I think it's a waste of time. So I look at things like email, Do you have an email list or a newsletter or a database? Is it warm? So, like, that's the difference between, say, an email list or a newsletter and, like, a database. You know, are you consistently already communicating with someone? Do they know who you are? That, to me, is like the the critical foundation. And now I've been doing this. So, since I got out of the Army in 2013, so I've been doing this for, you know, over five years. And the thing that's consistently proven itself as email marketing it still works and there are things like there are little tricks and hacks and things like that in other other marketing channels that can be effective but i find that most of them like they'll have a heyday right at the beginning and you kind of kind of move fast if you want to take advantage of them but then the results just like peter out and and examples of that would be things like uh Well, even, even paid traffic itself, it's so much more expensive if you're trying to run ads on Facebook. Like, so that's, that's super expensive. So anyway, I'm I'm going off to a a tangent. We can get into it, but I I would just say like what email list, if they have social media, that's okay. I'll take a look at it and say like, okay, but like you can't, if somebody comes to me, it's like, oh, I have like, you know, 50,000 followers on Twitter. It's like, okay, I don't know. What is that? Two or three sales? you know it's it, it's it's kind of meaningless so email list and then I would say the other thing that's that's harder to gauge and to judge but is really is the critical component I think of all this is who who do you know and who are you connected to so who are the influencers the experts the you bloggers, the podcasters already.
0: you said the word yeah. influencers that's it We're we're doomed
1: that's <laughs> which which word is that
0: the the word influencer in a sense that I'm just yes. being very smart um right now and yeah. being sarcastic. But yeah, you, you use the word influencer yourself, right, to describe people who are yeah. like well, okay. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally. No, and, and listen, I, I don't I'm not married to that term, but like there's truth to it. Like if there is a person with a platform, so they have a blog or podcast or channel, and people follow them and read them and trust their opinion, so they've already done the hard work of building trust and building an audience. That's a great thing to tap into. Right. So that's when I say influencer broadly speaking. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know girls in bikinis, you know, taking pictures on Instagram. Although maybe that is still an influencer, but the ones I'm talking about are more like in your space, in your niche. Who are the people whose recommendations actually matter? You know that, and and then how can we how could we organize it so that maybe we can get a referral from those people to their audience about our book or our product or whatever it is. And then if you can do that, you make a good case for it. You know, I'm not even, this can, this gets into affiliate marketing a little bit. It gets, it gets into influencer marketing, as you could say, broadly speaking, but really it's, it's like kind of strategic partnerships and relationships. And then looking at how I can get a referral, not just a one-to-one referral, but a one-to-many referral and leveraging those platforms that already exist.
0: So to take, to take a step back, right? And sorry to cut you there, uh, when you were in the middle of an explanation, but to take a step back, what you're describing is really marketing 101, relationship 101. First of all, do you have people who give a shit about what you have to say? Do they actually care enough to give their actual email address? Do they actually care enough to read your stuff day in, day out? Do they care enough to keep doing so for the next five years or so? Or have they been following you for the next, for the last five, 10 years? And then do you know people? who gives a shit about you in a wider context? you know, Do you have relationships with people who know people who have a similar network than you, right? And that goes back to, again, even if we forget about technology, go back 50 years ago, the same thing would apply, right? I mean, it's who you know, it's how well they know you, it's how much they trust you, as you mentioned as well, credibility and all of that. So I don't want people hearing this and feeling that this is a quick growth hack that is gonna work today and won't work tomorrow. Absolutely, I think you will agree that this is just the basis of what good marketing looks like.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, so yes. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So it, yeah, it starts with the audience, right? It starts or not even audience. Audience is kind of a bad word because it makes you sound like a performer or something like that. But <laughs> I I don't know how to be, how better to describe that broadly speaking, but we say subscribers or something like that. Or I don't like the word followers necessarily either. So I'm still trying to work out how to describe this stuff. But let's say, um, you know, your subscribers, are the people who, who do follow you or whoever this person is that I'm I'm describing as somebody who's influential, right? The critical piece to kind of zoom in here is just like, I guess the nature of the market as it is right now and online and, and the opportunities that are right in front of you. Right. So like, Obviously, I've only been in this game, you know, a little over five years. Obviously, I know you've speak, spoken to, you had Seth Godin on the podcast. Somebody's been doing this for like, tw- you know, 10, 20 years and has seen these things change. But, you know, I can, I can catch up on my history and see that, you know, 20 years ago, you did have to pass through some major gatekeepers to get to tap into these marketing channels that would expose you to an audience. And, and of course, those are huge channels, TV or radio or something like that. And now everything's fractured. And so in this fractal space that we're in, you, there's no one major channel that's going to change everything. There's no one thing that's going to do it. It's actually a bunch of little small things. That's that's really, if, if there's anything that's changed about the landscape and how you should approach it, it's like, it's fractal. There's little things, little niches that you need to go into. So instead of one major channel, instead of getting on Oprah, it's like, get on the, the, the 10 biggest or best podcasts in your niche or industry. Get, on, get featured on the top 10 blogs or something like that in your niche or industry. And that will... That will drive growth for you now and in the future if you do it right. I still have, I still get traffic, leads, and sales from blogs, like guest blogs that I wrote like five years ago, from podcasts that I've been on, you know, a year or two ago. And this thing does compound over time. So it's like, you have to look at it that way and say this, this, the nature of the space we're in It's fractal. There's lots of different platforms to tap into. And you just want to say, well, that then that comes to the product market fit and some of these basics, but let's just assume, you know, the space you're in, you know, the product, you have an offer, you know, it's converting and, and whatnot. Then it's a matter of who, where are your hidden networks of readers or your hidden networks of customers? Where do they exist already online? Because right? if, if you can get a referral from an influential person into that space, into that network, right now they're going to start talking about it. That's where you get these kind of viral campaigns. That's how you engineer a viral campaign, which also is a buzzword I know. And, uh, and I hate myself for even using that. word. I think I've used every buzzword you possibly can in yeah. this conversation. You've done it, it's and all right. You've ticked all I've the done boxes. It. So <laughs> I just want to get, get through yeah. that already as quickly as possible so we can have a real conversation. <laughs> um.
0: So before we talk about a step-by-step method to actually launch your digital product the way you would do it with clients, let me come back to the initial question, right? As Mm. you mentioned, one mistake is that the wrong expectations. And to counter that, Mm. you need to look at whether you have a strong email list with people who give a shit about you. You need to look at your own relationship. And I suppose that you're also looking at the sales they made in the past. What is the rough like percentage from subscriber to sale that they had in the past? And you can probably guesstimate a bit. Okay, you can expect... X amount Mm -hmm. for this campaign, right? Mm -hmm. What other mistake uh, do you see companies making outside of this when it comes to to engineering marketing campaigns like this?
1: Right. So let's say all that's lined up correctly. Then it's like it's a matter of it's tough because like there's always a lot of variables, and so I'm hesitant to say like there's just this one thing. But I this is one thing I see more often than others. So I don't know if this is true, you know, universally. But it's it's the story, right? And it's 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 the it's 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 how we're talking about what we're we're doing and and how we're telling that story like there's there are stories that can help you sell that or that can convince people to buy you know there are the way we present something and and that ties into who you're speaking to and where they're at in their say you know their their journey or whatever however you want to put it and are we speaking to them the right way in their in their language in words they understand you know in their the common tongue so to speak So, and the way I've I've described this was like, you know, and, and what I've seen recently, it's like, I'm not interested in trying to convince somebody that they need something like that's not the game I'm in. That's not the game I'm playing. Like, there's a lot of people who want to play that game. That's good. My preference, at least now, like as I've kind of gone through this, we've done lots and lots of campaigns. Like any I, I take on a new campaign, it's like I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. I'm only speaking to people who have already convinced themselves that they need something, and I'm just I'm just telling the story the right way. That's it, and so that they resonate with it. It's it's like I'm, uh, the way I described it recently on a on a YouTube video that I did was uh you know do your customers get the joke? Like if they get the joke, then they're in. You know it, it like and the joke in this case is like do they know what you're talking about? Like and you know is it something that's relevant for them like that's i know that's kind of a theoretical construct right now as we're talking about it but we could zoom in on examples and i would just say but that's the thing it's like if you know what your customers actually care about and you're speaking directly to them then you're gold but a lot of people come with these campaigns they kind of go they do broad brush strokes they they are they don't really niche down or narrow down effectively or at all and so So there's a lot of things that tie into that. It's like, are you segmenting properly? Are you zooming in? Are you speaking? Are you personalizing as much as you can? These kind of things. Obviously, there's a lot of nuance to this when you're running a campaign. But like, I just think that's the big thing. It's like, if you could say, you know, how many customers are you trying to get, you know, for this campaign? You know, what what are you trying to achieve here? Who are those people? Do they have that problem already? Do they recognize they have the problem? How do we make sure that we're speaking to them? Those people only, not the ones who who don't know what you're talking about, not everybody, not trying to convince anyone that they have a, ch- a problem or a challenge, you know. But actually speaking to the people who already know it, that's that's a different thing, and that's something I've come to learn over time. Like, and that has then that once you understand that, that will seep into your copy, it'll seep into your you know your sales pages, your sh- email sequences, the marketing copy, and and just the the marketing materials and assets that you create for your campaign. Once you do it and you see a click. I'll tell you what, that's the thing. It's like, it's a game changer. Once you've actually experienced that and seen it click and and then you see the results from it because then you'll never do a campaign any other way again. You'll never try to speak to everybody. You'll never try to do anything like that. You'll never go broad. You'll be like, okay, narrow is the way to go. Focused, personalized, and speaking to the people that that get the joke already.
0: I think that's a great lesson in marketing, in sales as well. It's incredibly difficult to change people's minds, right? It's it's incredibly difficult to convince them of something that they don't agree with in the first place. You can spend millions or hundreds of millions to do that, and it takes decades for culture to change. But what you said is makes... All the sense in the world, a lot of smart marketers say the exact same thing, yet it's difficult, emotionally speaking, for marketers to let go of the idea that they wanna they're gonna change the world and they're gonna touch the seven, eight billion people on earth with their beautiful product. But instead, what you're saying is really to go very niche about the people who give a shit about what you have to say because they've already are in an emotional state that makes them gonna say yes to the message you're gonna send them, right? They already agree with your idea. What they want is just a solution to this. They already agree that they have the problem. They just want the nudge to go and just buy and and solve it, right? You don't yeah. try to convince people who have never thought of it.
1: Uphill battle, you know. I think you can do that with content. Like over time, you know, you can you can you know strategic pieces of content can help somebody who's like not, you know, fully aware of say the problem, and obviously therefore not looking for a solution yet. You can create like con- that's where content comes in as a good play, like blogging, podcasting, where you can like kind of you can you can create these pieces of content that that talk to the person who maybe is not actually aware of the problem so just helping the person become aware that maybe that is the that is the problem and, and so that kind of works but when i'm talking marketing campaigns you know we usually have a time based element to it there's a start and a finish we're trying to generate traffic leads and sales for it. So like in that context, yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's worth your time. And so then you have to come back to it and say, okay, to the heart of this, the eight, what's the eighty twenty principle here. It's like, I'm running a campaign. It's going to be over a limited time. Maybe it's like a one week campaign or a three week campaign or a one month campaign or something like that. We only have so much time. What, what is the messaging for the person who we know he's going to buy? Who is that? And then we can kind of, we can backward plan out of that and think about, okay, what are, what are the ways that we can kind of like approach this you know, talk to that person specifically from different advantages and angles and say like, yep, we're speaking to you. This is the problem. You know, you have it. You're in that boat. This is why, you know, and, and and then that that's where I'm saying it seeps into the copy, like the language you use in your emails, how you speak about it, because then you don't have to like, you don't have to talk in these broad generalities. You can like zoom in on the actual critical problem that somebody has. And I think when you start talking like that, what what also happens too is copy and like sales, like when you start creating content around, um, like say sales pages, email sequences when I say copy, that's what I'm kind of mean broadly speaking. Um, what's really cool about it, I found, is that when you do this and you kind of know who you're speaking to, what what happens is that your it copy becomes easier to write. Like and 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 you don't need to hire like a big agency to do it um, if you understand what the problem is. And then you realize, yeah, you, your stuff can be super clear, it doesn't have to be clever, and it can be super effective. And that's what, that's what we've done. Like all the campaigns I'm running now are just like, just that they're so straightforward and simple. In a lot of cases, one of the businesses I'm running, it's like, we just send people straight to a sales page and then we convert at like, uh, you know, I don't know where it's at now, uh, but on some of our campaigns, we're converting, sending traffic directly to a sales page is converting over 10%. Okay. Now that's unusual. It's rare. I've worked on a lot of campaigns and that is rare. And that's not for every campaign we've run, but, but consistently I think we're between five and 10%. How does that happen? It only happens if I'm sharing, if I'm speaking to the right person the right way, and sending them, and then, and then I'm not, I'm not adding any of this fluff in between. It's just like here's, the, here's the offer. And so if if you understand that, then these things they can scale very quickly too. Anyway, I I, I could go off on a tangent there, but I'll, I'll pause.
0: It's all good, man. All right, so
1: now let's dive
0: in into how to do it, right? I think we've explained enough the problem. We've explained enough how to do it wrong. Let's let's explain how to do it right, uh, step by step. So let's say I hire you. I want to launch a new digital product, I have an audience that is like the size, like a decent size, I have I've made enough revenue in the past to prove that I have a business that is like a decent one. How do you go about it from step one? Like, What is the very first step that you take to take it to the finish line?
1: Uh, so do, you, do, you know, do we know the, the market, the, the, the target customer here in let's, this scenario?
0: Let's pick one that you're comfortable with, that you've done, yeah. that you've dealt in the past maybe, and let's pick a scenario. Uh, that you're comfortable yeah.
1: with okay um we'll say you know so so yeah so i'll just say broadly speaking it starts with the tar- target market so who you're speaking to um and so you want me to give you an example like a real life example if you can share yeah sure so um we recently put together um like okay should i share this i'm gonna share this you know it's good it's like if, if we got competitors is all good because I, I don't i don't really see it that way um it, it, it's like this so i have this uh company I co-founded called InfoStack. And, uh, we do these, uh, do these discount deals for digital products, eBooks, courses software. Um, sometimes we'll do discounts on physical products or, or services, kind of like a humble bundle for anybody who's familiar with that. That's in the video game space, um, or app Sumo a little bit kind of like that, but not just exclusively for software. So bottom line is we, what we do is we curate these collections of, 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 digital products and we offer them at a discounted rate for a period of time and one of the campaigns we ran was in the keto space and uh you know keto is a diet it's a diet people are it's very popular diet right now and so the thing is i'm not going to convince anybody who's not thinking about diet that they should start a diet that's not the campaign i ran The campaign I also didn't run was somebody who's focusing on losing weight or getting fit or anything like that, like broadly speaking. That wasn't actually the campaign I was running. The campaign I ran was people who are interested in the keto diet. Here's what you need right? And so now I don't have to talk about all these other tertiary things. It's like, here it is. And here's, here's what you already know about the keto diet. It, all these assumptions go up now leave. I don't have to think about, it. I don't have to make any assumptions. I know they're interested in keto. So that if they're interested in keto, they're going to only be interested in keto, maybe for a variety of reasons, but I can zoom in on those. And that could be part of our, our copy and our sales process. Like, you know, I know some people use, uh, are on the keto diet to lose weight. Obviously, maybe they're there, maybe a, a percentage are, are in it to like get in shape or, you know, you know, build muscle or something like that, maybe. But I think a lot of times it's like health, um, general health, uh, lose weight, those kind of things. But ultimately, if somebody knows what keto is, then I don't need to explain what keto is to them. And it's like, here's what you need if you're interested in, 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 in uh, implementing a keto diet in your life. Here you go. And so every single campaign I do is like that now. It's like, what is the actual specific thing that somebody already knows about, cares about, and wants? And here you go. Here's an offer that just is insanely good. You can't say no to it if you're interested. It's that good. And that's why I have no problem doing this. That actually makes me feel, you know, I know one of the questions you had asked um, in the lead up to kind of getting me to come on this interview too. And I, I like the approach and I like the angle and everything like that. It, it was, uh, it's enjoyable. I think it's fun. It's fresh. You know, everybody does hate marketers. I get it. And, uh, but one of the things you had asked me was like, um, it was, shoot, what was it? It was one of your questions, but it, but it made me think like, uh you know, why, why do we spend so much time trying to convince people of, of, of things that they may not need? When, if we just know who we're speaking to, we know they have a problem. We can just put, put it right in front of them. They, they can make heads or tails of it. Oh, it was the, the sleazy piece of it, the sleazy or, or shady piece. It's like, I don't, or aggressive or even the aggressive piece. You had kind of three, three built into that question. It was like, so my thought on that is it's like this, when you have a really good offer, and a really good deal for somebody who gets the joke, you know they have that pain, you can solve that problem, and you can do it at a better price, at better value, a better job than anyone else. There's there's just, to me, like, that itself removes anything that can be sleazy or shady or even aggressive because then when I put it in front of somebody, it's like, I know this is you. I know you're having this challenge. Here you go. And then if it's for you or not, like, it's, it's, it's easy. It's an easy decision. And so I don't have to, like, get into this game where I'm trying to... To like you know use my wizarding tactics to convince you of something you don't need. That's that's the game I don't want to play, and I don't think it's worth anybody playing over the long term.
0: I really like this point of view because it, it it just connects with every everyone else, and like the smart marketers are there who who would say the same thing. So in the, in your example, we are selling keto products. So your first step is actually you think back of who the fuck is gonna sh- is gonna care about this, yes. right? And you have this man- mentality for everything, like. In the in the buildup of this episode, just before we, we started to record, you asked me the same question. But for the listeners, who are they? Right? You wondered whether they were in-house marketers, you wondered what was the level of expertise. So, naturally speaking, that's what you care about. So it seems like it's step number one. Now, how let's say you're not interested in keto, maybe you are, but like let's assume that you're not. You don't really care about it. How do you go from I need to talk to people interested in keto to actually know the problems they have related to it. I actually know the questions they have, the objections they might have. I actually know what they care about.
1: How do you go about this? Honestly, it takes me maybe an hour and I go on Amazon and I look at the top 10 books in that space.
0: All right. So let's say you you go to Amazon, look at keto keyword, top 10 book, and then what do you look into that?
1: you know this is this is just yeah i look at i read the titles i look at how they're positioned so the titles, subtitles you'll find patterns 10 20 books you'll find patterns um i look at the descriptions and i look at the reviews and i look for patterns what are things that stand out um in this case like that's the thing. I'll just start reading and I'll just start looking. And after I read two or three or four or five examples of something, I'll usually start to pull out a pattern. So I don't even go in with any kind of hypothesis or anything. I'm just literally just reading and and I have my eyes open to spot patterns. And I think I'm a pretty good pattern. I'm like a pattern recognition machine uh, a little bit. So like for me, that's not difficult. But if, you know, I would just say like that's the way to go into it. It's just like open mind, start reading the top 10 things in a space and you... (laughs) I don't know if somebody can't spot a pattern, I guess I don't know how to teach that necessarily, but I would just look for, you know, I guess here's a way, way to think about it. So like, what are the, what are the words that are being used? How is it being framed or positioned? Like it, are they all speaking to, in this case, you know, are they all speaking to somebody like you think about who they're speaking to? If it's about losing weight, who are they speaking to? Somebody who wants to lose weight. So you could say, well, that's somebody who's overweight, maybe somebody who considers themselves fat or obese, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's people who are like, but it doesn't matter. The point is they want to lose weight. That is the thing they want. Well, I can, I can see that. I can see the pattern there. Um, If it's health, if it's like um, reducing or uh, decreasing um, like, uh, or, 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 or healing like autoimmune issues, right? Uh, You know, these are some of the patterns I spotted. I think when we were doing the keto stuff, Uh, I, we did it a, a while ago, but It worked really well, and so I'm just kind of open open reading and just paying attention, just looking at how they're, and then the reviews are killer, man. Like you, can, you learn so much just reading reviews of something on Amazon, like a bunch of reviews for different types of products to know, yeah, this is what people liked and this is what people hated. And it's like, okay, let's try to do all these things that people liked about this thing that were consistent, like the patterns of good stuff that we've spotted. us look at the pattern of bad things. Let's try to avoid the bad things and do the good things. And then from there, that's where I, I would also develop copy and sale, the whole sales sequence and everything from that. I don't know that space at all. But we we absolutely can crush a campaign like that from scratch just by looking at patterns and then so then that tie that tie that into the partnership piece right um, and I'm looking at what are they doing like if I'm if I'm gonna partner up with somebody in, in a specific space it's like well, how, how are they already talking about this what's their angle what's their approach so before again, we get yeah, into that
0: mm-hmm. let's go back a bit yeah, more in sure. detail because and then we'll talk about partnership because this is super interesting and I know not everyone might be as gifted as you are for pattern recognition, but I think there's a plenty of stuff that you said that I could be taught. Uh, the first yeah. thing being people who bought a book on keto and left a review have one, already spent money on this Correct. team, right? So you know that they're not just chancers talking about it and never buying. So they have money. And two, they left a fucking review. So they care enough to, to post about it on Amazon. Like I don't, I don't want to come up with shitty percentage, but like r- maybe 1% of people ever leave fucking reviews on Amazon anyway. So you know that you have like the creme de la creme of people who, who are voicey who care about it, who bought it. So you know that those people are kind of the, the ideal type of customer, right? So then yes you read their stuff and you said a few things. You, you're looking at what they wanted from the product, you're looking at the way they position it, you're looking at what they liked, what they disliked. So I'm interested in particularly about the way they position it, for example. Uh, what type of phrase or sentences do you, do you see that, makes, that triggers in you this, ah, this is gold? Like what type of stuff do you like to read that makes you tick and just say, fuck, we need to add that to our copy?
1: Mm, that's, that's such a tough, I actually have to pull up, should I pull up Amazon? Go on. And just and do that while we talk.
0: So p- put up Amazon on the keto stuff and yeah. um and let's see what comes up, yeah?
1: Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Because I, I'm thinking to myself, like if I answer that generically, I don't know if there's any value to people who are listening. And as we talked about at the beginning of this, kind of tying back into knowing who you're talking to, you were like, you know, we have a range of people here, but what we want to do for sure is be actionable, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get it. I'm sorry I didn't have this open to begin with. I should have had this ready, but This is, that's what, that's when you know we're doing things for real. All right, so I'm gonna actually search Keto in Amazon and see what pops up. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just like, as I go through a couple, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my live, <laughs> my it. live feedback interpretation as, as I'm looking through this and what, what, what captures my attention and what is something I can use and something I can't use. So I just searched Keto in Amazon just to start broad. Now, if I wanna zoom in on stuff like, so that's where it's like, what are you selling, right? In our case, it's like uh, information to a degree, um, but then there might also be products, but so then I would zoom in on books and things like that. That's a, anything for information, I look at books. Um, um, for products, then I would probably zoom in on those specific products. So if I was trying to get into keto, you know, supplement space, there's tons of stuff that pops up here, but let's just stick with, uh, with what I know on the, on like the book side of things. Um, I look at this and I say, okay, the best sellers, that's a good one. And these are sponsored, but they're also showing bestseller. And it says, okay, the one pot ketogenic diet cookbook, 100 plus easy weeknight meals for your skillet, slow cooker, sheet pan, and more. Um, so so immediately what comes to mind is cookbook. So ketogenic cookbook. People like actionable stuff. The second thing next to that is another cookbook one. Um, the, the easy five ingredient ketogenic diet cookbook, low carb, high fat recipes for busy people on the keto, keto diet. So there's a couple things to pull, that I could pull out. One is like cookbook is a great idea. You know, that's some people like something actionable. The second thing is, uh, let's see, easy weeknight meals. And the other one is recipes for busy people. All right. What are we seeing? We want to make it simple. It's got to be easy to implement. Like that is actually a critical thing already. That's just on two that I've, I've looked at. Um, but if I dive into this one, I open it up. So those are the things that pop up. I'm going to open up like one of those bestsellers. I'm going to look at the, uh, the category it's in. So this is bestseller and allergies. Okay. That's actually, I don't know, maybe that's a little strange to me, but then that actually clues me in allergies. Okay. Maybe there's something there. So I don't, I don't know yet. I'm not judging anything right now, but let's just hope. So what's interesting is actually there is a the whole there's a category for ketogenic cookbooks this one's number four and then there's allergies so i'm gonna open up both those spaces so i could see the list of like the top 10 top 100 in that in that niche so bestsellers in ketogenic cookbooks and i can see a practical approach to health easy steps ketogenic diet for beginners um but what i would do is if i open up a couple of these these are cookbooks so i I mean we'll see where we can go with that but let's just say search special uh, this will all makes sense in a second. Um, okay, keto diet. Your 30-day to plan to lose weight. Uh, well, I'm just looking at actually now best sellers in special diet cooking, okay? So we have like, um, you know, these are the things where you can find these trends. So I'm like, okay, so number three was this keto diet. Your 30-day to plan to lose weight. If I look at that one, it's like lose weight, balance hormones, boost brain health, and reverse disease. So now I'm going to be on, now those in my mind, as I read through everything else, do I see anybody else talking about losing weight? Do I see anybody else talking about hormones? That's actually something I don't know if I noticed before, um, boost brain health. Brain health was another one that was kind of common. And that's also common in like, uh, gluten-free type diets and things like that is brain health. Um, so again, that's what I'm trying to pick up on. Now, on top of that, I'll go in and I'll read through the description so on this one, this is where it's like, get to know keto, the simple, easy, and friendly way. Starting the ketogenic ketogenic diet can be overwhelming, so much to learn, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Uh, this is an all-in-one resource for starting and sticking, starting and sticking to the ketogenic diet. So then that's another thing I notice, if I see it, sticking to a diet. Okay, so we want to make sure that however we're positioning it's easy, it's, you know, easy and simple. Um it's obviously effective for losing weight and, you know, brain health and maybe some of these other things. It's also like, I, I guess if I'm positioning a product, I want to make sure that you're also going to be confident that you're going to stick to it. So these are the patterns. So then if I'm positioning a product around, these are the things I want to hit on. Um, so this is where I start to just write down. I'll just write down notes. I'll just take to highlight things. And then maybe if there's a specific phrase or wording, word choice that I really like, I'll write that down and see if like, okay, how can we riff on that? Um, I never like to just obviously it just gets into weird. Like I would never just copy and paste somebody's phrasing into what I'm doing, but I would look at it and say, okay, how would I rephrase that in my own way to say something very similar, but in in its own maybe strong or profound kind of way, not being overly clever or anything like that, just being super clear. But I'm going to pause there. That was us going through kind of real time on this, but I would literally just, that was just on the title and the description. I haven't even gotten to reviews, but if I did get to reviews, just real briefly, I would just say, I would look at the uh, obviously I look at the, 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 the five-star ones, but I also want to look at three stars and like one-star reviews. You know, that's another thing people want to avoid a lot. And you definitely get trolls, um, but you have to look for it. If If somebody has critical feedback on something and it's useful, like if the feedback was like, you know, if it, if you, and you can, this is where you got to have some gut and instinct and you can build this over time. I think you have to know how to read. I think you have to know how to read a review, like, and know what to take from it. I guess that's another thing. So I've just been in the been in the space now for so long. I know how to kind of extract the relevant information from a review. Like if somebody says something positive and then is is critical, I know that that person's for real. If they're just critical, I take it with a of salt. Maybe they still highlight something that's important, but otherwise haters are haters. You're always going to get them. I don't care about that. But it's like if, if what I try to look is for those balanced interviews, but that's still spotlight or balanced reviews, um, but that still spotlight or highlights something that is actually a missing piece. And it's like, okay, how do we how do we solve that piece? How do we how do we avoid getting that review on our product?
0: Now that's a great fucking answer to one question. Thanks for going through this uh, with me. Like perfect answer to what I had in mind. So let's jump back to and keep the energy going here because we have a very good flow. So now that we know who, what people care about, what we've read balanced reviews, we've read like the way people position it in the book section, in other section in Amazon, the way people talk about it, we have words that we can reuse and our copy and all of that. Then you started to talk about partnerships. So mm-hmm. what do you mean there? Like what do you mean by partnerships?
1: So this would be um, this is this is like uh, I guess you, I think it's more of a uh, maybe advanced strategy. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's advanced or not. All right, because I think everybody needs it. So so bottom line is whatever you're doing in any space, niche or industry you should be looking at who are like the 10 or 20 or 30 strategic partnerships you could have in that space. I think this is true for those who are established just as much. If you somehow built everything you built from scratch, just kind of growing it organically, like good on you, like that's amazing, keep doing that. But now might be the time how could you leverage um other established uh platforms in your space? How could you how could you how could you build a cartel in your space, you know? And 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 and, and and run thing that way, because you'll see this in every niche in the industry. That's exactly what ends up happening, whether you love it or hate it. But it's like the person who doesn't win is a person who's trying to go it alone for, forever, Right the person who 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 does win over the long term i think is the person who has like who is established has a, a, a reason for being but then also is seeing how they can help other people and uh, we will say other businesses other other people in their space and and that's what i mean by the cartel it's like if there's five or ten people that you can connect with and you guys can all support each other it, it means that <laughs> this ties into kind of what i've done in the affiliate space too like when it, why i'm such a big proponent of affiliate programs so i've I've, I've spun up and managed and run affiliate programs with hundreds um, of affiliates, sometimes hundreds of affiliates on a single campaign. I've managed like thousands of affiliate partners. Uh, I was actually, I think for a time being, I was like the, I won't say number one, but I was in the top 1% of users for uh, Contactually, which is like a CRM, just because of how many emails I was sending to affiliates, you know, to partners, like, and it was all one-to-one, okay, it, and and to recruit affiliates. So. Know that that's the kind of the vantage point I'm coming at for something like this. But it, the, when I looked at affiliates, the, the affiliates I looked at were the people who had platforms, not just like, oh, I want to share something on, you know what I mean? Like, not, I'm just going to share some make money as an affiliate, but like people who have platforms who could then be an affiliate. So it start, always starts with the content. It starts with the the, the the market we're speaking to and then looking for strategic people in the space that that could be supportive of what we're doing and we can support them. Like, it's a, how do we how do we all win? How do we all win? Can we collaborate? Can we all win? And, and, and how do we all win? And then if I put together a list of the top 20, top 30 people that I'd like to connect in that space where I think that we could all win if, if I was teamed up with them and vice versa, if we work together, not necessarily collaboratively all together, but at least on a one-to-one basis, um, that's critical because when, I, when I, I look at that, I'm like, this is how you can, and coming back to the affiliate point I was getting at there, is by establishing these kind of relationships, not only is it like, will it expose you then to a new audience that may never have heard of you, and in the best possible light, because there's nothing better than getting a referral from somebody, how'd you connect with me, Louis? You know, you you connected through Andre. And it was like, otherwise, I don't think you would have ever, you know, uh, ever emailed me, probably, you know, maybe. Or, you know, but it was like that referral, even just one-to-one, was strong. And now we're doing this call. And like, those things are really powerful. Now, who knows what we're gonna go on to do together or, or not. It doesn't matter. Maybe I'll intro you to other people who are great. You know, and so it's just like, it's this it's this productive um, system of, of, it's like a life-giving system, almost, right? So, like, there's a couple ways you can approach this stuff. Like, really aggressively, like, you know, crush the competition. Or I come at things more collaboratively. I'm a kind of a publisher by trade, you know, with my publishing company. Everything I do is collaborative. It really, really is. And uh, and so I'm always looking for the win-win across the board, where everybody wins if I can make it happen. Or and by everybody, I don't mean everybody in the world. I mean my partners and their audiences, and then my business. And if all three of us win, great. Every that's awesome. That's beautiful. So with that piece, the other. The, the secondary piece of this is that it also boxes out other people from getting access to that same thing that I just discussed. This is why people who are established should do this as well, and people who are just beginning should look at developing and establish these relationships soon. Because if you, this is what's what makes a killer affiliate program too. Just kind of as an aside, is if you can build rapport with your affiliates and get them connected to you and incentivize them. Like if you have a really killer affiliate program and you just like and you're just a good, uh, you just have a solid program, not only on the commissions front, but like how you communicate, how you work with them once somebody starts promoting and sharing your products or services, guess what? They're gonna be, uh, that means that they will probably continue to do so if it's profitable or useful for them. They've gotten positive reinforcement. The second thing is they're going to be less likely to promote and share somebody else's that might be similar. So it's a kind of a box out strategy too, a little bit is how I look at it. So I'm like, listen, if I'm going into a space, it's like, even if you're not ready for it right now, even if you don't know how you'd engage, like how you, you know, what that, what that collab, collaboration would look like it's like look at the people just look at it from a relationship standpoint be like this person's in my space i'd like to connect to them don't go with an agenda even that's the best part so like, go with no agenda it's the best best way to do it you know and, and see how you could support them and do what you can to give first because i'm telling you it's like that's where you start to see these things compound year two year three year four you know year i'm you know five six years into this to the point where I could probably never write another blog post, do another podcast, do anything. I could just become, you know, a hermit just working on my mountain farm you know, full time, and I would probably still get a, a, a good influx of traffic and leads, you know, subscribers and sales into what I'm doing already with stuff that's existing because I built the foundation over the last few years and it, and it compounds. Now, it doesn't compound in, in perpetuity. Like I think it would trail off. Like if I just totally stopped doing anything, the stuff would trail off. Right. But like, that's, what's beautiful about this is it has, there is a half life to it. Right. But it, these things done the right way, kind of setting the foundation can, help you into the future, now and in the future. And that's the thing, look at the future. It's like play play the two or three or five year game. You don't have to play like the 50 or 100 year game like I think the Japanese are known to. Like that's <laughs> remarkable, but not all of us are necessarily cut out for that. But you should pro- at least play like maybe like the three to five year game and say, even if nothing comes of this right now, can I build this relationship so that maybe in two or three years it ends up it ends up bearing fruit.
0: Uh, so let's say we're in the keto, di- uh, keto space again. How do you go about identifying those 20, 20-
1: Ten partnerships. Like, what do you look at? So I'll I'll start, and this is like again, hopefully very practical for you guys. Like the first thing to start is just do a Google. Amazon is a great place. So if I depending on what I was doing, like I look for the people who've written books on a subject. Great place to start. That person probably has a platform. Probably not always. And what a lot what of times, you mean
0: by platform is like mm-hmm. an email list or something tangible that we discussed at the start, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and and again, that's why I say platform, kind of broadly speaking, because I think that would say it would be like. Typically, would mean a website, but maybe there's people who don't have a website, but somehow have like an email list or a newsletter. But it typically would mean a website. It would typically mean maybe... Ideally, they do have an email list. That's That's the best because then they get it. Like anybody I work with who has an email list gets it. Like they... They will be successful in life, you know, if they if they're already doing that. I believe it. Like if they keep doing and they're doing good work and they have an email list, like they'll be successful in life. Like that's my major life hack. But uh, but then the second thing is, yeah, I'll look at social media platforms and things like that. Again, I don't I don't put too much gravitas or or I don't I don't add too much weight to say or or add uh, say there's you know I don't overweight the value of say like a Twitter following or something like that. Um, but if it's there, then I know and they're and they're sharing content. That's the thing. If they're sharing, if they're if they're teaching. And sharing stuff for free, and it's high value. That's that's what I mean. So then I'm like, if they're doing it, even if they, I. And the thing is, when it what starts from this. By the way, like you'll notice, I, I'm not talking anything about the size of their reach, their audience, their email list. I don't know any of those things, and I don't care. What I don't care about that because I cannot. There's a lot of people who come at it that way. I think that's a loser's game too. That's that if you take what I'm t- teaching right now, and then you, and then you, and then you approach it that way, like, well, I'm going to get with the people who have at least a thousand person people on their list or ten thousand, and that's how I'm going to approach this. Like, you've lost before you started. You, you this, you, um, I don't know. We can get into that. That's just such a loser's game. Instead, focus on the quality of what that person's doing. See if you resonate with what they're doing. If this is a space that you're in, you should know it well enough. You should know the types of people you'd want to be allied with. And, and the people that you'd like to support, the kind of people you'd probably share on your social media channel for no, you know, compensation. You just share freely because it's good. Uh, you know, I, I, it's so, I don't know, I guess part of it is also like so painfully common sense, but then the other part is like, I understand it. It's like coming into it, especially if you're new, you're trying to trying to grow something, start it. It's like you, you think, oh, I don't have any clout. I need to have like all this, I need to have this, uh, brand and I need to be established and then I can reach out to people. It's like, no, you don't really need any of that stuff, man. I started from scratch. I was in the army when I started. I started a podcast like on the side. I went to a couple of events. I just connected with people. I started blogging and writing about other people and showcasing it. And one thing led to another, man. One thing led to another. And I did it freely. I had no intention. That's why I know the system works and why we continue to make it work now into the future. It's like, I got to come at this with, with with, with no sneaky uh, undertone and it's got to be like, I would like to partner with this person or this is the person I'd like to like to be friends with if I could, or this would be, the, I'd love to have a relationship with this person. You know, that or, or in whether it's a business context, maybe it's, and that's the context we're talking about. Like in a business context, this would be the kind of person I'd like to um, align myself with. Now, what can I do to just pay it forward? Um, does that answer the question? I know we've touched, touched on a few different things there.
0: Okay. It does. So yeah, you don't look at the size. You look at like whether you're gonna actually you connect with them from an emotional point of view as well, like from like yes. in the psychographic, not yes. just demographic. If I had only looked at the number of like followers that folks have on this podcast before putting them on the spot and inviting uh, inviting them as a guest, I would have missed on so many relationships, so many contacts, so many people. Uh, like for example, Andre, Andre Chaperon, who, who, uh, who's a master copywriter that we have, uh, in common that we know in common from an outside perspective, if you don't dig enough, you would just miss out on him. Cause he doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't give a shit about it. You wouldn't really know the size of his email list. He doesn't say it from an outside perspective. you would miss on it, but actually he has an influence that is just massive because he puts quality shit out there and people respect him a lot. So he knows a lot of people. And if I had ignored him. Just by looking at numbers, yeah, I would have missed on a friendship with him, friendships with plenty of other people, connections and all of that. So I think what you're saying makes absolutely uh, total sense. So at this stage, we have two things, right? At this stage, we have an understanding of what the the landscape looked like in the product we want to sell, like in keto space, positioning, values, what people give a shit about, what they don't like, what they like. We also have a list of like... I don't want to talk necessarily about a list, but at least we have 10 to 20 folks we want to get in touch with that you connect with, that you admire, that you feel are right for you. And then you talk about partnering up with them, right? Offering them quick pro quo, offering them some things and they give you something in return. Give me an example of what it means exactly. Like for the keto stuff, like how do you make sure that you come at it from an angle where I actually need your help for something, but also I want to make sure I can help you in return.
1: So I would just break it up into two different things. Um, I would start with like, what can I give, what can I just give first? And then that's the thing. It's like, so I always, I, I don't believe in cold email. I don't think it works. Like I was reading an article, I'm, I think it was like, maybe it's Quora, like a Quora answer. It was like somebody was like, like my cold, cold email isn't working. Like I've, I've sent, you know, a thousand emails, and haven't gotten any responses. And then the response back was from somebody, I forget who it was something like, you need to send probably at least like 10,000 emails to get like one response. Like, that's not the game we're playing here, okay? And I think that's important to point out. I know we keep coming back to saying, it's like, what's the game you're playing? But I think it's actually really important. It's like, because you get to decide the game you're playing. There's a lot of ways to carve this stuff up. Like, what I'm saying, there's gonna be somebody else on the planet who believes the exact opposite. And that's, that's okay, because that's the game they're playing. So the game I'm playing is is more relationship-driven. I'm looking at the long-term and my, my hope then, because of that, and then that allows me, is that this thing will flourish in the future, It it regardless if it, something pans out right now. It also means that I put in the time and effort early and, and often um, as much as I can. So I try to warm up a relationship if I can. I try to pay it forward if I can. So if I'm in one of those spaces. Now, sometimes... There's, you know, a direct email approach works, but even on that 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 case, if, you know, and, and cold, what is cold email? It means the person doesn't really know you. So my preference is that I don't really, my preference is that I don't email somebody who doesn't know who I am. I'd prefer they kind of know me. How do you do that? Well, you follow them on social media. Maybe you engage with them on social media if they're if that's where they're posting stuff. If they have a newsletter, maybe you reply to their newsletter. Little things like that. And if you get a, resp- so that's kind of what I start, that's what I do in any space I'm in. And then I try to see if somebody will reply back or respond to me, you know, to recognition, recognize that I exist, that I'm there. And then, then that's when I would now put something out there, whether it's, um, you know, again, I, I, ideally, like if I really care, I, I, you have to be really careful because it's like you can't go from that to like zero to sixty. It's like okay, they replied to a Twitter, uh, a tweet I sent. Now I'm going to solicit them with some kind of offer. Again, you lose before you start. But it's more. Knowing that, if you know the person in your space, that's why I say 20 or 30, like, and really you only need like a few, you only need maybe 10 strategic partners. I think that's what I was saying, kind of alluding to when I was saying I, all the stuff I've done, I could kind of walk away and just work on my farm all full time if I wanted because of, you know, the strategic partnerships I kind of have in place The people who've kind of like, you know, put me in a, in a, a box for their audiences, for instance, like it's aligned very well. But coming back to you, it's like doing this. It's like you want to say, you know you should know what they're about and you should know the types of content they're sharing. You should know what they're trying to sell. You should try to support them in that. And maybe share, if, if they have a new product come out, share it. Write a review on something they've done. Um, maybe post on YouTube or post it on wherever. Write a blog post about it. Do do something to pay it forward. I think that would be like my, if you were doing this for real long term, that's the thing. Do, do that before you ever solicit anyone for anything. Now, if you're trying to like expedite that, um, I would just say you, it, You, you can go direct to an, uh, you could directly solicit somebody. Um, you gotta have a really compelling, uh, case for it. And it, that has to be personal. Like I've not seen that work. If it's not a personal email, you know, me to the other person and it, and that, that email basically, or that message showcases that one, I've been paying attention to them. I know what they're about. I'm, I, I, I'm explaining to them like why I think whatever I'm doing would be a good fit but not just like, hey, hey, Tom, I know you're a blog. Like I get these emails all the time. Sometimes I star them and just save them. I'm like, I wonder if I should do a video about this or write about this or highlight. I don't wanna be negative on people, but sometimes people send me just the worst emails. Um, it's just mind blowing. Like they'll send, and you know, they're sending them to like thousands of people. Cause they're like, oh, hey, Tom, love the blog. Um, I wanna know if you do any kind of collaborations, like hit reply to this email or let me know. It's like, dude, that was so stupid. It's like you should have even not even said I had a great blog, like because I know you didn't look at it, you know. But if you're gonna do something like that, take the time, read a couple blog posts, listen to a couple podcasts, and then reference those. And say, hey, because I know you interviewed this and this person, and, and you wrote about it on this blog over here. Um, but I know you don't have a product for it. I thought this something like my product would be a good fit because, like, in the keto space, it's like you have a cookbook, but um, I wasn't sure if the, if you had like a like a meal tracker or something like that. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just riffing on something like that. And that's, so the way I define this, I'm like looking for a, I call it kind of the slide in technique. It's like, if I'm looking at somebody, I want to, I want to look at the people where it's like, what I'm doing would would be able to slide in and support, say their, um, their offer or their, their product ladder. Um, so the things they're already selling, it's like, because I don't, what I don't want to do is reach out to somebody who has basically a similar offer, exact or very, very similar and say, hey, would you like, if, if, if it comes off as being competitive, obviously that makes no sense, right? So I look at places where it's like, okay, so what I'm doing, this is competitive. It would be, conceptually, it would be competitive with maybe these 10 people. So I'm not necessarily going to reach out to them, at least not at first or not. Now it was soliciting, but I would look at these people over here. So if I had something like, let's say I have, um, let's say I have a keto cookbook, actually, I wouldn't then reach out to people who are already pu- publishing keto cookbooks. But I would look at people who are in the keto space who don't have a cookbook. Okay, Or I look at people who are in the keto space talking about some other aspects of it, and then maybe that would be my approach. Does that make sense? So it's kind of a sliding technique.
0: So let's say you have a cookbook, you reach out to people who have like a podcast in the keto space, a massive email list, they might sell a course or something like that. I think if I had to do it myself, right, and you're much more experienced than, than I am, but I would actually already say, hey, I have this cookbook, I'm actually planning on mentioning you in this book because I love this episode or whatever. And you don't ask anything in return. Say, so, like, hey, I've been following you for a while. Love what you do. I'm actually planning on mentioning you in this book, and that's it. Just, just let you know, you know. And then you wait for a response. I mean, that's a normal relationship. Obviously, that's yeah. a bit condensed, but is that the way you like to see it? Yeah,
1: I like that. And that's why I like things like podcasts. Like, if I can invite somebody onto a podcast, that's a give. You know, um, people can turn it down, and and bigger names for sure probably would if you're not. To, you know, totally established and whatnot. Um, but like, that's the other thing is like, just be aware of like who you're reaching out to and how, like, you're n- probably not going to get like maybe the biggest name in your space right away. Uh, you know, to, to partner, don't be unrealistic about it. Look for the other people who are hustling just like you, but like have already, you know, who, who are doing things right that resonate with you. And then look, what what can you do to pay it forward? If you, that's why I like a podcast. I'm not saying everybody should start a podcast, but I think podcasts are great for that. Asking somebody to, to join you on your podcast. It's a great way to do it. Asking people to maybe answer a question, say, I'm going to write an article on this topic and I love your answer to to this topic so I could feature you. So that's, that's the, uh, that's like the next step also. Like the first piece is like, I'm just mentioning you the next step of that. And ideally I would like to get a reaction to one of those things where I'm just kind of putting something out there. Like if I said, Hey, this is amazing blog post. Thank you so much. If nobody replies to me on that, like, I don't know. I think about it. It's like that person doesn't have the time of day. Like Maybe they're maybe I got to do a couple more things, but just to see if there's a reply, just not asking anything. Cause like, if, but if they don't reply, if they don't respond, I, I, you know, that's a, maybe, maybe an indicator. I'm not saying nothing can happen, but what, what I'm getting at is when you do this, some people will not, but some people will. And those people who reply, great. They paid attention. They saw what you did. Then the next step I would say is like, yeah, how do I bring them into the fold to engage with them in a way that's still useful for them? An interview question, getting them on a podcast, asking their feedback on something short, sweet, simple, easy, not a ton. Like, Hey, not, Hey, can I pick your brain for a half an hour on a call? (laughs) Right. But like, but like, Hey, you know, you know, those are the ways to do it. And then like, if you wanted like some accelerators, things like that, if there's somebody you really want to partner with, I think, you know, There's a case to be made where if you like buy their products and services, um, you know, it's really maybe a smart way to get into if you hire someone as a consultant or something like that, or or coach, again, not saying that that's what you have to do for every single person, but it's just, these are things like, think about it. If you're doing that and, and you're paying and you bought their products or paying for what they're doing, guess what? They're going to, they're going to listen to you more than they're going to listen to the random person who just emailed them that Uh, they don't really know. And you need,
0: like you just you need to give before you expect to get. Right. And that's kind of the, one of the principle of just basic human interaction, like in a normal life, you wouldn't just ask. I mean, if you're normal, you wouldn't ask straight away for the sale. You would just ask questions who they are and get interested and just be relationships. So for now we have the story. We know who we are talking to. We know what they like, what they don't like, what they want, the positioning. We know the type of, we have built relationships with top partnership partners that we could leverage on. And then, What do we do? Because we're not haven't launched yet. So do you put all the things together and just say, hey, in two months' time we have this thing coming up. What is the next step? Are we are we missing something?
1: No, I think that's that's it broadly speaking. I mean, there might be some nuance in there, but it may be some like small things that I'm I'm forgetting to kind of lay out here. But broadly speaking, I'd say yeah, it's like now once I I know the person I've connected with them. That's that's actually kind of a critical piece too. Is I would my preference my recommendation is like try to get on a call with somebody before you ever really do try to solicit some sort of like promotional partnership. That's not always the case. It's a little slower too, but it's really powerful, man. Like once I've, I've been on a call with somebody, every time I email that person again or message them, it's like it feels normal. Like it feels good. Whereas even if I've had a positive response via email, if I've never actually gotten on a call with the person, you know, it's a little tough. It's like how do you gauge that relationship? There's no There's no shared experience that we have yet. Granted, if you go through a campaign, you do have that shared experience, but I will say that there's, very few things that would be to call, you know, a Zoom call, a Skype call, or obviously a meeting in person, but that's, we're, we're trying to do things a little bit. I'm assuming you're not, you know, that's not possible or, or or it's more difficult, but it's like, try to get on a call, it's worthwhile. The second thing is just like, yeah, when it comes to this, it's like, it, this is kind of in the subtext of what we're talking about, but it was like, know what the person you're trying to connect with, the relationship you're trying to build, the person that you would that would be great for you if they shared your product or service and would be good for them, you know what makes them tick know what makes them tick because you know what what doesn't make most people tick and this is what i see people do all the time and then they just get ignored is like coming up to them and say hey would you would you share this thing i'll give you a commission <laughs> it's like nobody nobody needs a commission on anything ever like that's that we can talk commissions once somebody's in and they got it then like then we can talk commission you know what i mean but it's like that's not the the topic that you broach you know, right to start it, 99% of I'm 90% of the time, that is not what most people care about. It's like, is it a good fit? Is it a win for their, cause the think about it, we're talking to people who are, you know, quote unquote, like influencers, people with platforms, you know, people who are speaking to, uh, have readers, subscribers. Right. And so they, they're only, the only reason they do that is because they care about what they're doing. So they care about those readers. They care about those subscribers. They want to treat them right. They want to, you know, and what they don't want is like a, you know, 30% commission on some product for somebody they don't know. Like that's not an incentive. Okay. So it's gotta be a good fit. That's where you have to start. And you have to understand what makes them tick. So that's why when you pay attention, that's what I'm saying. Start with just 10, 10 people in your space, keep it short and keep it small. You spend more time on those 10, but look at what they're, what they are offering. Pay attention. You know, look at that. Cause if you don't, if you're not paying attention to that, you shouldn't reach out. You know, if you don't know what the kind of things that they offer are, don't reach out unless it's like you've done your, your homework, but you haven't quite seen what they've shared, then you can put that in, in the messaging and say, Hey, you know, I don't know if this fits for what you do. I know even, I've never seen you do something like this, but I thought it could be a good fit because X, Y, and Z, right? So you need to know what makes them tick. If you've seen them promote, if you're, you know, if you're trying to do an uh, affiliate related offer, but you've seen them promote as an affiliate, other things, perfect. Then you can mention it's like, I know you've shared these other things. That's a good indicator. Now you can kind of approach it that way. So you want to know what makes them tick. That usually is gut, 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 you know, a gut instinct and just paying attention to what they're doing. Ideally trying to communicate with them and have a conversation because if you can get on a call, you can know what makes them tick very easily. So anytime I do a podcast, the way I'll wrap it up is like, awesome. You know, what are you, what are you working on? What's your focus right now? Cool. What's, what's going to help you? How can I support you? And then those, those couple of questions at the end of a podcast, I'll know exactly what makes this person tick and I can I can go from there. So that's why I think nothing really beats a call if you can help it. But then yeah, once once you get beyond that, it's like coordinating the the campaign or the promotion. Um, This is what we're doing. This is why it would be a good fit. You in or out basically. Um, Making it super simple. And I always try to make it super simple. I try to respect people's inboxes. I assume that everybody's, I assume that everybody's almost as lazy and busy as I am. And then that's how I write and craft all my messages. You know what I mean? And then Sure enough, I've gotten tons of replies from people. Some people will tell me, "Like you're the only person I will ever do an affiliate, um, uh, you know, affiliate promotion for." Or you're the, you know, anytime you want to, you want to share something, Tom, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll work with you on any, on any campaign you're you're doing because I built that trust and I built that rapport and I, I, I paid it forward and I, I, and then when we did a campaign, it was successful. You know, it, it. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people will look at this and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that." And they put something out there, it's an untested offer. And you can do that. You can do untested offers this way through partnerships, but it's, it's scary, know what you're getting into. And no, my preference would be like, you don't do any kind of joint venture affiliate offer, anything like that until you've proven the model. Because the last thing you want is to go through all that hard work and then nothing pans out. And it's like, you know, where's it at there? It's like, I want to make money for my partners. I want to, you know, with the keto thing, I made our partners so much money, it's stupid. We wrote some really, really big checks and that's awesome. I love that. I love writing big checks to commis- you know partners and affiliates and things like that. It makes me happy. The metric I care about is how much money we're paying our partners and affiliates. That's the number I care about because everything else will follow suit. So now again, that's my model. That's the business I'm in. Um, but I think you know some of those things. Hopefully, you know you can apply to what you're doing, no matter what what space you're in.
0: Wow. So yeah, you shared a shit ton of value right there in the last, I don't know, hour at this stage. Thanks so much for going through this step-by-step step with me. I know people will really enjoy this, especially your your live Amazon demonstration. Uh, I have plenty of other questions, but I'm mindful of your time as well. And I think we could do a second episode in the next few months to follow up on the revenue sharing commission affiliate, and how to yeah, set up the totally. technicality of it. But I think you've touched on the most important things that folks listening to this right now need to remember. Uh, And thanks so much for spending that much time on it. So I have three questions to ask you before I let you go. The first one being, what do you think marketers should learn today that will help them in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years?
1: How to tell a good story, Uh, you know, that that ties into the partnership piece, you know, it's it's still storytelling. You know, I'm not even just talking about telling a story that sells on a sales page or anything like just learn how to learn what makes a good story, understand storytelling, understand how to tell a story that captivates people. That's how I get responses from people, from affiliates and partners too. It's because I know how to tell a story that resonates with what they care about. I know what makes them tick. I can write a story and I can, I can explain that. And there's an art uh, and a science too, I think, you know, effective, uh, you know, email conversation that way and, and, and messaging in this era that we're in where people, it's really hard to get somebody on a phone call. And so you need to be effective in, in your, your communication. So learn how to tell a, an effective story in a, in, a, in a small amount of space.
0: Maybe on the back of that then, what are the top three resources you recommend listeners? So it could be anything from book, podcast, conference, anything.
1: You, well, actually, you know, I'm going to twist this. I'm going to say you should shut off more things. I think you should turn off more things. I should think you should you should cut out more things. If you're listening to this podcast, don't cut that out. Obviously, this there's value here pick the one or two or three people that you trust or maybe you know, maybe there's more like five ten i don't know whatever's good for you 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 can find that balance personally but cut out everything else i've been off news for like the last so at least six months or maybe maybe close to a year i remember when I, I i cut off the news it was like donald trump was gonna be found for collusion and something else like that i'm like i'm gonna turn this off like i don't know if this helps my life and then like every now and then I'll get an update from somebody and it's like somebody recently told me, it's like, oh yeah, the, the, yeah you didn't hear about the, the Mueller report. It's like, no, man, I, ha- I don't listen to the news. But sure enough, like here's the thing, I didn't pay attention to any of it. Everything's still the same, <laughs> it's still the exact same. So what I'm saying is n- cut the news off, cut the media off, turn off Netflix, turn off the garbage that you're putting into your system. What you put in, your, your inputs will dictate your output. So cut out all the garbage. Focus on just the few people you trust that are teaching something good and useful. That's it. So I'm not going to add more stuff to you. I'm serious. Whatever you're at, whatever you already, you already know what those are that you gravitate toward and that you're listening to. And I'm just saying cut out all the other inputs, man. It's It just decays and it eats at you. And a lot of times it is to persuade you and get you to do things, to spend money, to do things that you don't want to do cut out those garbage inputs and just focus on the, the two or three or four people that you like and trust and and they're and they're providing you quality content like this podcast obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah that's a great answer and I concur with you. I used to listen to news uh, like two or three years ago. I honestly don't follow it anymore. Um I don't listen like um it's it's surprising when people ask, you know, what what podcasts do you listen to, what books do you read? I actually don't listen to marketing podcasts anymore. The only books that I read are nonfiction uh, and like fiction yeah. stuff as well. But like I, yeah, it's it just closing off, as you said, most of the the gates, you know, making sure that you just select the input that you get. It just, it just changes your life and you just need to fight the FOMO for a while and then you f- you're fine. Yes, you realize that it. is, you're, fine. you're not
1: missing out on anything. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody else is, is being uh, like, like hypnotized and and revved up and you're like it's not it's not worth it guys it's not worth it cut it out shut it off I'm telling you. And then what's what, what the reason, you know, I'm the same way. Like I don't really listen to marketing podcasts much. Um, like I listened to yours with Seth Godin just to get an idea and a feel for it. Like those are the kind of things I'll do just to, you know, to know kind of what's going on a little bit. Oh, there's definitely people I listen to in the space, but it's also one of those things where I'm like, I kind of get it now. Like I get the joke on the marketing side. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. I apply this even to my own life. It's like, I get the joke. So I don't need to keep listening to see maybe I'll pick up something that's really game It's Like, no, I know exactly what to do now. I just need to do it better. And then every now and then when i run across something that's new and it's a challenge i ask the smartest people i know so i'm a part of some you know communities and masterminds and groups like that and i that's where i start i'm like hey uh, recently it was like how do i do this one technical kind of thing for you know thousands and thousands of customers and you know and i asked and i got a great answer and now i know what to do and it's like that's all i care about everything else I cut off. I don't need to know about the latest hack or whatever. Um, which is not to say if you're in that position, you're still getting started. I would listen to everything when I was just getting started because you do have to just feel what's out there. So I'm not, I, 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 I get it. If you're beginning or if you like that stuff, do it, but anything that, that, that doesn't bear fruit, pay attention to what bears fruit and what does not. If you're just consuming just to consume and it's not bearing fruit, then you need to, you need to make a decision in your life. You're either somebody who just likes to read and learn quote unquote and not do. And that's okay. If you can be truthful with yourself, but if you're realizing, Oh, I'm listening everything but i'm not doing anything you need to shut off everything and just do one thing that's it just start with that one thing and go from there
0: great way to to end this interview man you've been fantastic i think people will really enjoy this uh where can people connect with you learn more from you
1: go to tomorkes.com, t-o-m-m-o-r-k-e-s.com you'll see a bunch of my stuff right there that's the best place to connect and sign up for the newsletter there you know hit reply to an email that i send you and uh, we'll take it from there Tom again, thanks so much. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been been a lot of fun. We gotta do it again sometime. Oh well, we will.
0: That's it for another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode. I don't treat email lists uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get. And I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests. And perhaps I can also... Uh, have you on the show uh, someday so don't be afraid to subscribe I'm not going to spam you and you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish the second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback we know that this show is not perfect yet and we always uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends, your colleagues, or whoever might like it. And also please review it on iTunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast. Because if you leave us a five-star review, it means that more people will be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker. So thank you so much once again, and au revoir.